I've always been a listener. Honestly, it's a bit odd for me recording these messages. But it's a step in a new direction. I've always been keen to listen, to read, to watch, and to observe. And I'm glad that I did that because for 39 years, that served me quite well. During that time, I often found that when I opened my mouth, I made a mistake. When I talked, I kind of exposed myself or I confused the message and I could tell that people mistook what I was trying to convey. When I tried to laugh and make people laugh with humor, sometimes offense was taken. I was seen as trying to belittle or make fun of someone. And so speaking out, that comes with a big price. Whereas listening, observing, witnessing, and just sort of sitting back, it's free, you get a free pass. So this is a new venture for me, recording my thoughts and words. It's a new adventure. And technically, it's just me at my table with a cheap microphone recording an audio file. But in my imagination, I'm speaking to an audience that's ready for something. They're good people. They're ready to learn. And I want to help them. I want to help share my experience to them. And so in that vein today, we'll talk about something. We'll talk about, I guess, life what it means, and how we perceive it. So let's talk about life, shall we? So when we live our lives, we talk about the weather. We talk about the show we saw or the sports game coming up. We talk about current events or what was in the news cycle. We talk about what we're wearing or what we want to do or what we want to eat. We talk about how we're feeling. Talk about a lot of stuff, honestly. And a lot of it's like what we call surface. We talk about surface stuff and we don't want to offend anybody, right? We keep our opinions uh, reserved. And this is chit-chat, this is breaking the ice, and so on and so forth. I've always been fascinated with this idea of seeing into people's minds and sort of knowing them. Because early on I found out that people can be quite deceptive, especially as I progressed in life and experienced more and more of that, I found myself to be a gullible fool and a horrible judge of character. And I would sort of trust people and think the best of them and really focus on seeing the best in them. And then as I experienced more disappointment, more heartache and more loss, I sort of started trying to see the truth. Like I became almost obsessed with this idea of 
seeing through the lies and the chit chat and the BS and reading the character of a person so as to know whether or not to invest any time or energy becoming an acquaintance. And so we'll talk about that today because I think many of you would like to learn about this and there's not a lot of easy to understand summarizations of this phenomenon. It's a very vast field with a lot of in-depth study required, like reading body language, facial expressions, inflections in the voice, right? Like, how do you spot a liar? How do you tell if someone is a sociopath? How do you identify if you are involved with a narcissist? These are vast fields because oftentimes it seems that the good, generous, loving people, which I like to include myself in, I espouse those ideals, we get paired up with the worst type, whether through friendship, oftentimes in romantic relationships, narcissists have a knack for victimizing and exploiting generally good and trusting and generous people. And so we'll talk about that today. I've had a few romantic relationships as I grew up. And then very luckily, I ended up marrying a very good person, very, very good, better than me, better than me. But a lot of people, it seems, get paired up with a leech or a parasite. And so how did that happen? Well, obviously, they didn't know how to look into the soul or the character of a person. People are too seduced by appearances. And narcissists, or what I'll start calling them because that term is, is just widely used. And if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend you research that term because it applies to a large subset of society. I'll summarize the definition. It's a, a person that only has their own interests in mind. They will use you and they will discard you. And it doesn't matter who you are. They will eat you up and spit you out. And they are very manipulative. They're adept at lying. They're very charming. And they're very good at what they do. Think of them as a social predator. And they prey upon the unsuspecting so, how do you spot one of these predators? And that's the word I think I'll settle on because that's what they are. And also predator applies to many other types of people, even the most dangerous type of people. And so I'll assume I'm talking to good people that want good, that want to see how to protect themselves and build good relationships with good people. And to do that, we need to know how to identify predators. And you may have been born into a family, like your mom or dad or brothers or sisters, may be predators. They may be, and oftentimes that is the case actually. These, there's a lot of great videos and books and stuff on narcissistic personality disorder, I highly recommend you look into that. I'll say that again. It's a vast field of study and it's very empowering. Now, how to identify a predator? Take stock of your life and review, like all the way back to where you can remember and look at all your different relationships. If you have a meaningful relationship, study it really think about all the interactions, all the things. Try to not get too wrapped up in the emotion of it. Instead, say, 
I want to remove all emotion when assessing this relationship. And for example, let's look at the relationship between you and a very, very good friend where it didn't go well. Or you and a family member where it didn't go well. So you'll analyze that relationship. Identify key markers, key events. Be willing to admit that you may have been deceived, tricked, or lied to, but don't feel the emotion of that because as human beings, our hearts often get in the way. We get so hurt and ashamed almost of being tricked and deceived and used, but we really have to get past that. This is a very common exchange of energy in a human relationship. You have the victim and you have the predator. This is a very natural and animalistic way of being. So don't feel bad about it. And I've come to accept I'd, I'd rather be the noble, kind and trusting person than the predator. I've never been a predator and I've never had the impulse to prey upon anyone. And so as being me, I've actually attracted predators. And so you got to look at these relationships and study them first. Okay. Remove any emotions, including guilt or shame or sadness at the loss of the relationship, right? And I'll talk a little bit about that for a minute because the remorse that you may feel or the sadness at not being able to keep the relationship or maybe you beat yourself up for the mistakes you made in letting the relationship fail. You see, this is all weaponized against your development. This is all guilt that will weigh you down. And so remove the emotion and just assess the events and the patterns and don't try to paint yourself as the good guy and them as the bad guy just look at it in pure terms just pure energy exchange look at what you got look at what you gave look at what happened look at why it happened and look and see who was honest and who wasn't now I'm sure a lot of people are kind of in the middle on this it's not all pure right we all can be a little bit of both and especially when we're hurt we may lash out and so assess that assess if you ever did that if you ever pushed to become the aggressor and this is the first step is you review your relationships after that look at the relationships you're in now look at them one by one and pen and paper might be handy lists are very good and maybe you're in a relationship right now, whether it be a friendship, a relationship with your parent or child, or whatever it may be. Maybe it's a business partner. And this is a big one. This is where things escalate quickly. If you want to know who's who and what's what, you need to learn to identify traits and characteristics that predators carry. And so I'll list out a few of them. Predators are very charming. They spend a lot of time grooming themselves and making sure their appearance is perfect. They are inconsiderate of other people, of their feelings, of their time, of their money. However, they have the appearance of being very considerate. In fact, they will paint themselves to be very caring about social issues, about other people. And this is the deception. Predators rely on being deceptive. They can't just come out and say, I'm a predator, because people would say, oh, stay away from me. And so the predator will always camouflage themselves in a way that they appear to be a victim or they appear to be very empathetic and they will present that side. And so you have to look at the deeds 
and the actions and not the words. Words are their currency. That's how they buy their way in with words. But are they willing to buy you dinner sometimes? Are they willing to give a gift? If they are always on the receiving end in terms of money or energy, then they may in fact be a very predator type person. Next. These people, there's a range of classifications ranging from just a selfish person to a narcissistic type person to a psychopathic person and to ultimately what we'll call a peak predator. And you could think of a pedophile or a murderer or a rapist in terms like this, a peak predator. Someone with zero remorse that will even take a life for no reason. They have zero remorse. And the more clever they are, the more dangerous they are. They are like a tick or a flea that starts off small. And then they latch on and start draining their victim. Oftentimes... Romantic relationships are a prime breeding ground for these predator-prey relationships. Business deals are prime breeding ground for these predator-prey relationships. No one wants to be preyed upon. No one wants to be deceived. No one wants to be tricked. However, it happens constantly, just all the time. And so... We're exploring how it happens, why it happens, what to look for. Oftentimes, empathetic people, people that care about what other people think, people who care how they feel, you know, is a better way to say it. They have the ability to put themselves in another person's shoes, so to speak. If they watch something, they feel it. They can identify with other people. And in a sense, this is an elevated type of person because they genuinely care about other people. And these people are more prone to helping, to doing good. And by extension, they are the prime targets of the predators. The predator, on the other hand, will help talk a good game. They will be very socially capable, very charming. Like a predator stalking its prey, they're very patient and calculated. They are very seductive. They are very good at lying. They can look at you in the eye and lie to you. And so you will be able to catch them in the lies if you ask a lot of questions. A predator will not be able to handle questions the same way a normal, honest person will. They will skirt the issues a lot of times. They will try to distract and they will try to manipulate the conversation. And so this is almost a form of psychic warfare and so if you're a good person and you don't want to be preyed upon, you need to become good at conversation and good at tracking the conversation. You need to become really good at paying attention to what is said and identifying key facts because the facts are how you catch them. A predator or a self-absorbed, selfish, egotistical maniac will oftentimes talk about themselves in very favorable ways. They will talk about their successes, how generous they've been, how much potential they have, how many people like them. They will not really show interest in other people. And so this is a telltale sign. In fact, they're the type of people where if you say, dude, I uh, was riding my bike the other day and gosh, my legs started hurting and then my knee was hurting. 
And before I know it, I can't even ride my bike. They're the type of person that will say, one time I did that. One time that happened to me. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of the time when I got hurt. They're always ready to take that spotlight and put it back on them. Now, an empathetic person or someone who actually cares about other people would tend to listen to that and say, well, what did you do? How did you get through it? Um, you know, like, how did that play out? They won't be so eager to shine the light back on them. As said, predators are very self-inflated, fanciful people who thrive on attention. They love the adoration of many people. They are not very faithful. In fact, they are the stereotypical cheaters in a romantic relationship. In a business relationship, they will steal, they will embezzle, they will make secret deals. And it's because they have no true allegiance and no true loyalty to anything except their own gain. Oftentimes, these people have very low self-esteem, and this is kind of a misconception. People think, oh, they're so confident. They handle themselves so well. They're so beautiful, so glamorous. This is all a charade, covering up for a very low opinion of themselves. This is why they take and take and take. This is why they hurt people without remorse. This is why they cheat on their partner or deceive their business partner and so on and so forth. Younger people have a chance to test this out with friends. Older people oftentimes become tangled up in very compromising relationships because they are unaware that there are this type of person that even exists. See, good people, they tend to see the world as good. We tend to see the world as we are, not as it, not as it is. And so... This is a larger branch and larger topic of we need to see the world as it is in order to not be deceived. We need to stop looking at the world through rose-colored lenses. If we are a very good person and we want to do good and help and we want to have a good relationship and we want to be faithful it's fair to say that we would like that in return. However, the world is not a fair place. It is a polarized place. It is a dangerous place. It is a very ugly place at times. And so we need to strive to see the world as it is and see the bad in people. See, as said before, I was always focused on seeing the good in people. And I would gladly turn a blind eye toward major defects and major red flags. And this is how I gained firsthand experience in this subject. And so after a while of accumulating that experience, I began to say, hey, this sucks. I'm tired of this. I want to learn about how to see this before it happens. Now the problem is, is that there's a lag and so I would see the red flags, but then I would give the benefit of the doubt. And this was primarily in business and friendship and a combination of the two. I would see the red flags and I would say, ooh, there's that thing that I noticed, but I would let it play out and I would let it escalate. And eventually the end result was always the same. Heartbreak, devastation, loss, and then kind of a shame of being deceived even and it was worse because I knew what was going to happen and so I guess this message goes out in hopes of saving a lot of pain and anguish and heartache and I'll just tell you that there are a plethora of predators afoot they look good they act good they're real smart and calculating they're clever like a fox. And they talk a great game. 
but you can find them out in a variety of ways. We've talked about becoming a very good conversationalist and good at tracking the conversation. If people avoid answering questions directly, if their answers are calculated and slow, beware. If they look down and away when answering you, that is a facial cue of someone that is lying. If they skirt the issue and say, hey, trust me, that is a big red flag, okay? If they refuse to let you see their cell phone, what are they hiding? There's a new, shall we say, courtesy we offer each other where we have a whole private digital life. And I will tell you, if you're in a marriage or a serious relationship and you're not allowed to look at your or hold your other partner's phone, your partner's phone, there's a problem brewing. A person should have nothing to hide if they are truly trustworthy. And that's just a fact. And I know that there's an etiquette but I'm telling you, politeness and etiquette will get you butchered by the predators. They will eat you and they will discard you. They'll throw the bones out in the yard. Just facts there, just facts. We have to stop seeing ourselves in the world in deceptive ways. If you don't wanna be deceived, you need to become very discerning and this ties into a larger theme of my podcast, and that is questioning everything, exploring your mind, unpacking your values, assessing your childhood, and really growing into an individual, strong person, a person that is fully developed. And so more on the predators now. Oh, there's a lot of them. They're always hungry and they never stop. They tend to go from relationship to relationship to relationship. They tend to have a lot of crazy stories. In fact, many of them are very good at lying. If you catch someone in lies, that's a huge red flag. And that's grounds to terminate the relationship. If you continue the relationship and they lie more, that escalates the need to terminate the relationship. Liars lie, and they build those lies constantly. Deceivers deceive. Lies and deception go hand in hand, and that is the enemy right there. And I don't care if it's your mommy or your daddy or the person you married or your child, if it's your child, it can be salvaged. It has to be taught. But some relationships are unsalvageable. If you catch someone lying to you about things, about small things, they will lie or they have lied about the big things. Lying is one of those things where there's no levels to it. It is one thing or the other. A person is either honest or they are dishonest. And if they are dishonest, then they are hiding things. And if they are hiding things, then they have secrets. And if they have secrets, then they can't be honest with themselves. And then they are pulled into the darker realms of human psychology. It's a slippery slope. If you study humanity, you watch stories play out in dramas. Why do people murder each other? Oftentimes it's a relationship. It's someone they know. It can be over money, divorce, betrayal. See, these things don't just happen. It all starts with deception. It all starts with manipulation. It all starts with a predator-prey relationship. And so sometimes what really is sad is that you have a good person 
that gets beat around so much that they become the predator and they commit an atrocity. And so the idea is here to avoid all that nonsense. If you're good and you want to do good, you have to be honest, okay? You have to be honest even when it's difficult. And then you also have to become very aware that there are liars all around and they want nothing more than to take a big, big bite out of your bank account, out of your heart, whatever it is. We tend to trust systems. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. How successful are these systems at taking care of us? Not very. A lot of people fall through the cracks. And so because we trust systems, we tend to trust other people. Okay? And so once someone starts to doubt the systems, question the systems, they are usually immediately and efficiently labeled a conspiracy theorist. And people laugh and say, oh, put on the tinfoil hat. They are a conspiracy theorist. And so we're almost shamed and condemned for questioning systems. Well, that's all a very flawed and silly and stupid thing. We should question systems. We should question everything. And when we do, we wise up. And we see that the world is not as we see it. Very different place. Very different. Very dangerous place. Okay? People that make it up to the top, they're not all bad, but they were all very discerning. They didn't trust people to deceive them. There are far more people that didn't make it. But you tend not to hear their stories because they're ashamed of them. You can learn from all this. If you get taken advantage of, a lot of people, they actually form support groups of people that were taken advantage of by narcissists. And oftentimes, these people still love their abuser or their deceiver or whatever you want to call it. And that's a weakness. That's a weakness of the human heart. And really what is needed is self-love, self-healing, self-forgiveness, first and foremost. And that's a difficult thing to do. It takes some time. But once you do... You can kind of reach out and connect with the people on the same, the same type of thing. It doesn't have to be predator prey. It really doesn't. But I think if I'm honestly assessing why do so many people get deceived and preyed upon, I think it's because people want a really good looking partner, right? They want the best deal and you know the old adage if it looks too good to be true it probably is if it seems too good to be true it probably is right and so I think pride and selfishness these little infractions that we hold they play a part in getting us beaten down to a pulp right if you want to have like a, a great romantic, lifelong companionship. You have to look into the person's heart and soul. You can't look at their facial features and their body and say, yep, that's a good person. You can't look at their body fat percentage and say, yep, that's the person for me. See, these are physical characteristics. And so these will often deceive us. The body lies. The body lies all the time. If we're looking for a business deal and the rates and returns are just too good to be true, then it probably is, okay? Most businesses fail. Most marriages fail. Why? Because people are not adept People are not discerning, and people have just simply not been educated 
on how to look through into the bones, into the marrow of a person, right? Into the fiber and the soul and character. And then trusting people tend to be duped. Deceivers, they play their game on to the next one, on to the next one. And they're comfortable with it, right? Constantly extracting energy and attention and affection. But truly, they are living a hollow existence. A deceiver is never happy. Never. They can never relax. And they're filled up with torment. And so, we can't really hate them. We don't have to forgive them or welcome them back into our lives. We can just see them for what they are. A miserable, wretched creature. And they may be stunningly beautiful or the most handsome man on the planet. But the energy and the patterns are what you have to look at. Okay? And so that's a big, big thing. If you don't want to get deceived, you have to look deeper than the physical appearance. If you don't want to get tricked, pay attention to your conversations. Okay, the deceivers are very clever. They're crafty. Very good at what they do. They've been practicing it. And just as a tiger is very good at hunting, these deceivers are very good at conversation. They're very good at distracting you and keeping you entranced and charmed. And you may be thinking, my goodness, how did I get this person? I'm so lucky. And you're full of delusion, right for the picking. You may think to yourself, dude, these are extreme examples. Um, this doesn't always happen. Look into it. It happens more than you think. A lot more than you think. Again, there's a lot of theft going on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that stay in these relationships that are one-sided. One person does all the work, makes the money, and the other person uses them, spends the money, abuses them, cheats on them, and yet they stay together. Now, nothing can really be done for these people. It's their life. That's their way. But then, in the end, it's not a happy place. It's not a happy existence. It's not fair, right? And it sets up for a very dysfunctional and destructive environment. And this is where you have the tragedies unfold. Things are not allowed to go unchecked forever. Things escalate up to a boiling point where something happens. Okay, and so the whole idea of this talk is to share some experience to let y'all know that this really exists and do some more research into it. This is just a starting point. These are just a few tips and tricks that I've learned along the way. Selfishness, it is one of the worst things on the planet, and yet it is pervasive, it is taught. It is accepted as normal. You have to look at the morals being consumed through entertainment by children today. What morals are they? You know, we used to tell stories with a moral. But now, because of the shift in the tech and the way entertainment is consumed and the way social media like propagates these stories and this entertainment, subconsciously we're absorbing morals from all of this. What morals are there? Now, most people are just lost and we have to accept that. Most people are oblivious and lost and they're just going to sort of automatically do what they do without thinking. And because they're absorbing mainstream culture, which is a very narcissistic culture, that 
multiplies and amplifies the number of predators walking around. And so the good people really need to be aware. It's not easy to find the good people, but there is a way and there's a formula. Remember, look for someone that's honest about everything. Look for someone that's direct. And I'll say this, this is a little caveat. Oftentimes, people that tell the truth and that are very direct, people get offended by what they say. What they say isn't beautiful and charming and universally appealing, but they're telling their truth and that should be celebrated. And so if someone is kind of blunt and kind of crass sometimes, if someone just doesn't have a filter and says what's on their mind, that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Beware of the beautiful witch casting spells of universal appeal. That is the enemy. That is the deceptive personality that you need to be very careful of. That's an apex predator. Okay? And so the good people, really, they want to be with good people. But oftentimes they are seduced, they are tricked, they are duped, and oftentimes it's their own pride or their own hubris that leads them to their demise. And so being good isn't good enough. You have to be sharp. You have to be really pragmatic and practical. You have to develop that intellect and understand that it's a war. Everything is. We live in the war. Relationships are fights. Fighting is inherent in who we are and what we are. Their resistance is necessary. Going with the flow gets you swept over the waterfall and you end up on the rocks. You have to be able to stand against the current. You have to be able to analyze and chart where you want to be. And peace is, is earned. It's a reward. It's not automatic. No one likes the way things are. And so sometimes we delude ourselves and we buy into the illusion and then we are deceived by it. In this talk, you can apply this in a lot of different ways. I use the example of like a romantic partner or a business partner because those are the most obvious and most direct ways. But you can actually apply this lesson to many different levels of life. If you're raising children, beware, because society wants to turn your child into an automatic puppet, into another clone, and a very selfish one. Now, oftentimes you see the really nice parents have horrible children, because the parents aren't willing to go to war. They aren't willing to stand up to the child, to their impulses. They aren't willing to limit their time on the computer or the TV. They aren't willing to tell them, no, you can't go here. No, you can't do that. They just give and give and give and they feed the beast. And through softness and kindness, they create a calloused monster. We've all seen that. If you've paid attention, it's a caricature at this point. You have the, the parents that don't believe in discipline and then by the time the child is five or six, the child is running the house. The child is the authority figure. And so you have to be able and willing and capable of getting hard, of getting serious and of standing firm. If you're good, kind and generous, that's fine, but it's merely a starting point. You need to now fight for what you believe is right. It's a difficult thing. It's not easy. Again, 
the automatic way is to just yield, to listen, to allow. But that only gets you so far. Eventually, you'll have to stand up. You'll have to say no. If you're a parent and you're struggling with disciplining your children, you don't know how to do it, or if you ever have kids in the future and you want to be ready for this, it's a simple formula. You set boundaries and you set limits. You create an ideal and you make them do it and you hold them to it. They'll do it and they'll love you more and they'll be even better. There's difficult times, but you get through them. And I'm not talking about being verbally abusive or physically abusive. It's not like that. It's just standing firm and standing by your no. You have to be willing to say no. And I'm talking about early on. One, two, three years old, you have to say no. And you have to stand by it. And if they cry and cry, you just let it pass. And you tell them, no, don't cry like that. You don't have to get angry. You don't have to get emotional. You don't have to react. All you have to do is be willing to stand by your decision. And so that's a little reflection on applying this application later on in life if you have children. A lot of us may have come from a household that wasn't very kind, loving, or accepting. And in a strange way, it may have helped you to gravitate toward those principles. And I guess what is needed is balance. Balance. A lot of us that are very awakened and aware, we oftentimes struggle with our family relationships of the past. And I think that's a subject for another time. But the main topic, the main focus, is what it is today. Don't be deceived. Don't be automated. Wake up and rise up. If you don't want to be hollowed out and consumed and discarded, then necessary steps need to be taken. It's not that you can't trust anyone. It's that you can only trust those who are of the necessary character and pedigree of being loving, caring people. There is no merit or no good that can come of entrusting a deceiver. The same thing will always happen. And if you look at the literature and the YouTube videos and all of the material on narcissistic personality disorder, the good person always hopes they'll change. They always hope, even once they recognize it, they say, well, this person can learn. But what is agreed upon and what people find out the hard way is they never change. Once a predator, always a predator, and that seems to be the way. These people are a different breed, and they're that way for life. Maybe there's exceptions. There's always an exception to the rule, isn't there? And that's whatever gets everyone hurt so bad. Oh, this one's different. This person, if I, if I work a little more at it, if I do a little more, well, it's always your choice, isn't it? Better to go in eyes wide open, I think. You can save yourself a lot of pain. As said, I got really lucky. My first few relationships fit the bill perfectly for me being involved with a narcissistic personality, someone that takes and takes and takes. And then I, I got together with someone that was both beautiful physically and beautiful emotionally and mentally. Someone that was very selfless and cared very much about other people but didn't advertise it. 
someone that had a kind heart, but not in a fake way. Someone that said things bluntly and told stories as they happened, no matter what. And I sort of got lucky in that way. I didn't know about these things then. But my heart goes out to all the people that are trapped in a bad relationship because I've seen the consequences and it's devastating. People get taken for all they're worth. And if people have kids with these people and the relationships progress, it's a very unhappy existence. And then they have to find a way to get out of it. And they're kind of in a double bind at that point. So it's much better to be aware, much better to be prepared and learn about these things. Spend some time on it. It's really important. If you were gonna spend an hour today on consuming entertainment, why not spend an hour looking into and finding out everything about narcissistic personality disorder? It will blow your mind because you will recognize the patterns. You will have met these people. It's very easy to identify once you see it. So with that, I wish you all the luck in the world. You'll need it. I wish you all the success that you want. You deserve it. And I wish that you all have a great day and a great week. Thank you for listening. It's my honor and privilege to share this information. Thank you.